if we can't tell you to take a hat off, how are you going to fly a jet? Good afternoon. Welcome to the Polaris Hall Podcast. Today, I'm here with Senior Master Sergeant Fuller. He's the first shirt at the United States Air Force Academy. How are you doing today, sir? What's going on, Jack? How's things? Oh, great. Just loving it here at the Cadet Wing, that's for sure. Man, just excited. You excited to be in a new semester? Yes, sir. Okay. 267 days till we're out of here. Who's counting? Uh, the RO guy, I guess. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Yep. No, yep. man. Hey, thanks for thanks for having me on the show, man. I'm excited to be here and uh, spend the next little bit of time with you, chopping it up, talking about whatever you want to talk about. Hopefully, uh, this, this resonates out there with the cadets and they can, uh, can glean something from, from our next little uh, 30 minutes or so. Love it, sir. Well, let's just start things off. Can you give us a quick elevator pitch about who you are, how you got to where you are today, and what made you the man you are? Yeah, sure, man. From Auburn, Alabama, that's where national champions are made, right? <laughs> Football, grew up big Auburn family. My cousin played with Cadillac Williams in 04, so I uh, grew up right down the street from Auburn. A uh, place called Alexander City, Alabama, a small town in Alabama. Joined the military at 18, was going to do four years in Pop Smoke, right? That was my that was my idea. Young Tim Fuller was like, let me go in and get some benefits, do some time, learn a skill. And I uh, got the four-year mark and decided uh, I wasn't done yet. So just a little bit about me. I'm currently married. My wife, she works at USAA. There you go. You know, she's uh, giving the sponsor of the podcast. She's crushing it. Hey, I, I'll, I'll definitely throw it to her. Maybe she can listen to this one <laughs> and uh, see if she'll take it. But she's uh, crushing out at USAA. Uh, she's been with them about 10 years. And uh, we've been together currently 13 years. Wow. Well, married 13 years, been together about 19 years. And so uh, she's been with me most of my career. Uh, we got two little girls, Paisley and Piper. Piper just started daycare. So I just got a big raise. It's like $900 a month. I'm not paying to child care anymore. So we're, we're excited about that. And then so she's uh, she's turning six uh, next month in, in October. Well, next month in the day. And then uh, Paisley, she's a, uh, turning eight. So she's in second grade. So those are my two kids. A uh, little bit, a little bit more about me. I'm a, I'm a big, uh, hobby guy. So I, I fly, right. I'm a, I'm a private pilot. I actually just scheduled my check ride, man. 20, uh, five October. Hopefully I'll be checking out as an IFR pilot right down here at the air club. Um, it's just a hobby and I like to golf, um, and, and then spend time with my kids and family. We, we're always doing something. And then uh, a little bit about my education. I got a master's degree from University of Maryland, a bachelor's degree from University of Maryland, and then three uh, community college Air Force degrees, associate degrees, criminal justice uh, instruction, and then uh, human resources. And then I just went to Harvard last year. The military sent me to Harvard for a few days. I got to go up and do a leadership course through them, which culminated in going up to Cambridge. And uh, man, that was beautiful, beautiful campus up there. Got to be in a class with a bunch of Fortune 500 business uh, VPs and CEOs, which is awesome. And uh, so that's a little bit about my education. And uh, yeah, just hit 20 years about a month and a half ago. So we're over the 20 year hump. Who's counting, right? Heck yeah, man. Who's counting? So that's awesome. Congratulations. Just, yeah, man. I'm so excited. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm hanging up the uniform just yet. I, I, I feel like I'm enjoying what I do. Good. And so, you know, there's a lot of people out there, you know, uh, Jack, that come to work in there. They don't want to go to work in the morning. They get up and, and I don't feel that way, man. I feel, I feel like I can still contribute to the Air Force, help airmen, and uh, and not just that, like I enjoy it, right? So I'm not hanging it up just yet. We'll see what happens in the next uh, year or so. Um, but that's a little bit about me. And then as far as my military career, I, told you I came for four years. I went to uh, 
Masawa, Japan, my first duty station, which was uh, which was Rocky. I had a Rocky first four years, man. I, I came in as uh, just to sort of get a trade and and we'll talk about that further in the cast. Don't 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 let me forget to come back to that because I think it's important. I got some. I learned a lot of hard lessons the first four years of my career, to the point where where I'm at today is your first sergeant. Uh, I think a lot of people that knew me during the first four years would say, "No way, this guy ever becomes a first sergeant, right? Or ever becomes 20 years, or uh, ever gets the education. All these things I've done, but I learned a lot of lessons." Uh, coming into coming into that first four years. So Masawa duty station deployed once to uh, Saudi Arabia out of, out of that uh, tour, did, went to Korea, did some training there, and then went to F.E. Warren right down the street after Masawa, uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming, flew in, flew in helicopters, airborne fire teams. And I think that's the base where I sort of decided to buy into the Air Force, right? Because before that, the Air Force was just a four years, this was just a job, maybe get a little skill right. How long were you in at that point? About four years. Four years. About four years. When I re-enlisted at the four-year mark, I, uh, again, a little rough road at FE1. What My first four years was very tumultuous. I, I, I would say a lot of that was because I made it that way, right? It wasn't the Air Force. It was Tim Fuller with the values that I had, the mindset that I had, right? We, we talked about character and honor and all these things but we all come in with a little different view on it. Right. And so, um, anyway, the when I reenlisted after four years, uh, I got ordered, I was given orders to Vandenberg air force base, California. And I took those, I had met my wife already, but we weren't married. And that's sort of, I think the turning point in my career where I sort of started thinking, Hey, maybe this is a, a career, right? Maybe this is, uh, there, there's more to this air force. So went out to Vandenberg, I was there four years. I deployed three of the four years I was there. I was boots on ground just over a year at Vandenberg when you tally it up because I was deployed so much. Did some uh, tours to, to Iraq, um, Basra, Iraq. I was in uh, Kambuka, Iraq, and then I went up to, to Crit, Iraq for, for a tour with the Army. Both, both those, I worked with the Army, and then I finished out uh, deployment at IED, and then we decided we needed a break, right? The deployments were just... Vandenberg was just the most deployed base in the Air Force at the time. So uh, my wife at the time, we had got married between F.E. Warren and that time in Vandenberg. And so uh, I, I took an assignment to, I applied to be a, a tech school instructor at Security Forces. And so I went out there to San Antonio, taught ground combat side of the house for about a year, a little over a year. And I got selected to be, uh, to teach the commander's course. So when you pin on commander badges, security forces or chief badge, or chief stripe you go to the course called idc3 i taught that for a little bit took over traffic investigations course chief before i left there and then uh went on my way to maxwell air force base went there as a defender got there um, immediately got hired from the wing commander because i was deployed with her down range and, and uh i knew her got hired as the ig superintendent at, at maxwell for a little while did that got pick, picked up for a first sergeant uh and then i went to be the 26 knots first sergeant and then I got hired out here, down here at the 306, the mighty 306. Mighty 306. Hey, so all the flyers, you may have seen me down there, went down there and got my jump wings and uh, got, to, got to spend time with cadets, not just airmen, a little bit down there. And that was a, that was a great tour and uh, phenomenal for me because my, my office, I could walk out and jump in the airplane at the aero club and fly too. So it was just a dream assignment, great assignment, great leaders down there. 
And then uh, General Edmondson hired me up here as the uh, cadet when we first started, and, and, and here we are. So that's just a little bit about me in a nutshell. Um, you know, just to give you a little bit of background. So defender background with some, with some things sprinkled in. Love it, sir. Yeah. Yeah, the 306, you know, the 94th and all them down there. Oh, I know. The, the soaring, the soaring yeah. guys. Yep. Yep. The, the jump program, though, that was my favorite summer thing I ever did. Sure. I see you wearing your jump yep. wings proudly. Right? Proudly, yes, sir. So I, uh, I was excited about doing that, and I did it, and it was a, it was a great. As a matter of fact, I was just down at the volleyball volleyball field the other day, and one of the players was like, "Sure, we went through jump together." So it's it's crazy. That's been three years ago now. So wow, but uh, what an experience! If, if they haven't done that for the cadets listening, if you're you know a fourth class cadet or whatever and you get the opportunity to, to go down and knock it out i mean jack will tell you it's just a phenomenal phenomenal yeah. experience right? nothing better if you get the choice soaring your jump definitely take jump every time well i hear every that time. i hear that you know i i love all i love them all right but i hear the soaring is uh well i say i hear i was there right yeah <laughs> um soaring is just a different track it just takes a lot more time but if you're if you're passionate about flying if you want to if you're really willing to, to stick it out and, and deal with some of the time limit limitations that's on it, that's that's the, a good route. You know? right. But jumping's a lot quicker sure. than getting in. Stand Quit in the door. Fun. Stand in the door. Arch thousand two thousand. <laughs> Arch thousand two thousand. <laughs> yes, sir. But I want to throw it back to what we were talking about at the beginning. What was your first four years like? You mentioned it a little. So bit. yeah, man. Let, let's talk about it. It was, it was rough, right? I came in. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to go overseas. And so I, I, I was selected to go overseas. And it's funny, I can tie everything that happened to me in the first four years back to the, the core values. And and we talk about the core values. And it's, you know, I used to talk about this as a test school instructor. Like we can, I asked Jack right now, what are the three core values, right? You yep. can snap, what's the first one? Integrity first. Boom, right? We know it, right? Yep. And if I ask you what that meant, you'd probably say something along the lines of doing what's right when no one's looking, yep. right? But really, that's not, man, there's so much more to the core values that we have to adopt. And there, it's not easy, man. Like, I, I could ask you, Jack, anybody out there, you know, to live by the core values every day is a challenge. Just with ethical dilemmas that we face with our own value system, it, it's not it's not easy, man. So I, I came in um, rambunctious, you know, fearless. Um all the things you really don't want to be per se as an 18 year old. Right. And I joined the air force and I went to Masawa. I did, did great. Training went great. I actually graduated and taught my class in the ground combat piece side of things. Enjoyed that. Went through the law enforcement, went to my first base. Um, but it was for me, a lot of the off duty, right? It was, I was still trying to act like I was 18 and not in the military. Does that make sense? For sure. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of us out here that probably have that mentality. We're at the cadet wing, but really, you know, we just came from high school or we, we did X, Y, and Z and we partied or we did this, that, and other. So I struggle with that. And uh, so one of the things I want to want to chat about this podcast on, uh, on was, you know, at, at a point in my career, I got in trouble, right? And it was for off-duty. Again, outstanding performer on duty. I was selected on a Friday. It's funny how it worked out. I was selected as an outstanding performer at an OEI or ORI is what they call it now. Um, a basic readiness exercise and then saturday went out got into uh an altercation if you will and monday or sunday was in handcuffs right and then just 
probably a week later, I'm in the commander's office receiving an Article 15, right? Wow. Being offered an Article 15. And, you know, some of that was self-induced, but big, bigger lesson here was I wasn't alone, right? And so defenders usually never are, especially over there in Misawa. So when that whole incident took place, and I won't get too much into the incident, but when it happened, there was others involved that really had the onus of what was happening, right? I was just sort of there and somehow became the point man on this incident that happened. And so my values at the time were, were snitches get stitches. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I came back from, from Alabama where I grew up with my friends where it was, you know, we didn't, you know, you didn't tell on someone else or you didn't, um, you didn't out somebody, right? If you, if you got in trouble, you got in trouble, you got, you, you were the one that was selected and that's what it was. So, um, but my commander at the time, he knew, right. They knew that, uh, other people were involved, specifically one other individual. And I won't say their name. And they, and they called me in after they offered me an offer 15. They said, Hey Tim, we, we know that Airman X was there. We know that Airman X was the main culprit. Right. And so if you, tell the truth right mm -hmm. on what happened um will will uh this article 15 will probably disappear right you, you you won't be facing this type of discipline and i'll tell you man that's that's difficult right i went that that airman was my was my quote-unquote friend my boy whatever you want to say so mm -hmm. it was difficult so it was like a couple of days because you get three days right to respond to this thing and uh it was in between that time frame. So I didn't have much time. And man, I had a flight chief call me in and he was like, Hey, 20 year tech sergeant. And back then, you know, you retire as a tech sergeant. That was, that was normal, right? People retire as staff sergeants. If you believe that, you know, wow. in today's time, we, we see it mainly master sergeant above enlisted right. retiring. But this is 20 years ago, man. This, this literally incident was now right at, right at 19 plus years ago. And uh, anyway, this tech sergeant who was that he was, great flight chief, a uh, 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 hard nosed dude like myself. He called me and was like, Hey man, like that, that, that airman is not your friend. Like you may be friends with him, but that airman is going to catch you up. And so, uh, long story short, man, I, I didn't tell him. Right. I did. I didn't, I, I couldn't do it. I tried to write a statement and, and I was like, I'm gonna, but really it ain't, it's not telling on him. Right. And right. at that point in my life, that's when my values were messed up a little bit because, uh, I had loyalty to him and not the air force. And, and this is the guy that I've known six months, eight months, maybe a year. Right. And so, um, so long story short, man, in that situation, I took the article 15. Really? I did. I took the article 15, wow. took some punishment with it. Right. I mean, he by, I was, you know, uh, extra 45 extra duty days, half my paycheck for a few months, like the whole gamut that they didn't take my strike. Fortunately. Right. That was the one thing they didn't do, and, and I got feedback years later because that guy ended up being my commander years later at a base. And by the way, great. I, matter of fact, I just talked to him maybe a month ago, right? Uh, I actually talked to him when I put on senior too. He was supposed to come to my senior promotion. Great guy, great commander, did what he thought was right. And, and it, you know, looking back at it 20 years later, probably was the right decision, right? Right. Um, it, but I'll tell you the moral of this story and why I bring this up. I was serving my punishment. I was, you know, 45 extra duty days. It's like extra duty days, right? And this is back 20 years ago when they counted, you know, they would count every day, right? Yep. And so I, I've been working like two months, man. I, I was I was grinding and um, I see, I see the airman, my friend, 
my quote unquote friend, right? Come in and blues one day. And I'm like, What's what are you doing here, brother? He's like, Oh man, I'm in trouble, man. And so for the very thing that I didn't tell the truth on or didn't give all the the facts on, he did again and, and he got kicked out of the military, discharged, right? Just three months. I'm still right. Serving, still my, serving punishment for him because right. I didn't tell because right. I didn't tell what do what was right, right? Mm -hmm. I just I did what I thought was right, but it really wasn't, right? And so if you're out there, they're out there listening. These cadets, we and, and you know I've touched on right here. You know, honors a honors a big thing at, at the academy, right? And we don't have an honor system in the Air Force. When you leave after this four years, you'll carry the values that you've been instilled here, but that system per se doesn't exist out there. All right, we had the UCMJ, and that's it, right? And so I think honor is so important. I tell you, being here. The nine months I've been here, the first are I love it, right? I love looking out here and seeing that we we believe in a, in honor, we believe in integrity, because you know that that's not a system that's in place in the active duty world, right? So you, even Jack, everyone out there, you're gonna walk out of here and then you're gonna be in a dilemma. You're gonna be in an ethical dilemma at some point, right? Even as a even as a lieutenant, maybe captain, even especially when you put on a commander a commander badge, right? And you're leading forces and i think it's important that we can rely on not looking at it as telling on someone or disciplining someone for what they did and you feeling bad about it but as for what is right right and i think that was part of my first four years i had to figure out that tim fuller's values weren't the air force's values and tim fuller's values weren't necessarily what was right you know what i mean right and i'll tell you man once i figured that out and uh from, from now on, I, I joke, man, I used to, I told you I was an instructor. I used to tell my cats and, and my security forces, he said, hey, check this out. Man, if you do something and I see you do it, I'm telling on you, man. I'm telling on you because you're not going to put me and my family in jeopardy. Right. Because I did that as a young airman. It was a terrible mistake. Not to, to say I don't have onus for that situation, right? Not to say that I wasn't involved and I shouldn't have been disciplined or whatever, but I wasn't the, the culprit, you know, I wasn't the, the ring leader. I just think that I just always, I've never forgotten it. Here I'm 20 years later talking about it. And I think there's a lot of goodness to Jack and Tim sitting here talking about the things that can get you in trouble when really, if you just did what was right, right, things would be a lot easier. And so many could have struggle with that. I think that's why we have such a big honor problem, right? That's why we see no toleration cases. They're trying to be a, they're trying to hold on to that value that 18 year olds have. And, and it's, it's not right. It, it's not, it's not about, it's a, it's the wrong value. Right. Right. Like, just like you said, it's not a value. I think, you know, I would flip it to you, Jack, when you was growing up, right. Are, are you brother or sister? Were you single sibling? Brother, older brother. Okay. So One younger sister. brother gets in trouble, right. Yep. Or whatever. Are you going to, you know, what are you going to do? Right. What did you do growing up? Was it a ride or die situation or was it like, hey, man, I'm going to out you to the parents? Like, yeah, it, it was I'm addressed it to to that individual first, my little sister. Okay. Every time. And then she uh, wouldn't shape up. It would be I'd go to the parents. Well, that's yeah, right. That's, that's the that's the right system. Right. right. I, I just didn't grow up like that. Man. Yeah. Right. I mean, my, it's funny. My cousin, he'll be out here in a couple of days, man. If we just we just didn't operate, we just. You know, it wasn't that we were taught wrong. I think my parents probably taught me the right way, 
but somewhere along the lines, it was like, hey, man, if, if you get in trouble, man, I'm not going to tell on you. Or, or not just trouble, man. It could be anything, right? It could be a, a, a white lie or whatever. Right. We just didn't do that, man. So it took me a little while to assimilate to what was really the right. Because it's not about telling on anybody. I said that earlier in the podcast. It's about, in the podcast, it's about doing what's right, right? Integrity, right? And so I think that's an you know, important trade that, I see cadets. I see it. You know, I won't. I can't talk about names or specific incidents, but I was talking in general terms of the first sergeant, right? I deal with a lot all the discipline that goes to the boss. Any honor case, hearing, uh, LONs, Article 15, you name it. If it goes to the boss, it comes across my desk or on the way there. And so I see it. We see it. We see cadets struggling with honor, with integrity. Um, with even basic you know i mean even even breaking just normal laws as well as ucmj but outside of that i can tell you from experience that the cadet wing when you're honest about a situation it it favors you even as a cadet in the system that you guys are in even before it gets to me what when you guys are doing the cadet board right they call them c-certs or yeah c-certs wing honor boards so i see a lot i mean that those things come into play i don't know if cadets know that but what what happens during a CSER is in their record and we read it. And it's like, oh well, the cadet denied it. Cadet denied it. CSER says disenroll and then oh cadet admits. Right. And it would have been so much better for that individual if they would have come out at the inform and say, Hey man, I did it. I did it. Right. Why 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 do you think we don't like what do you think, Jack? Why do you think we don't admit stuff like that? There's, I think there's a pretty big rumor floating around that there's this one kid way back when that denied and denied and they came up with this saying deny till you die kind of thing. Okay. And then the superintendent legend has it, let him off, right? Mm, because mm. he, he believed this, this guy was going to fall on his sword for his actions. And I think that that's what people believe. Mm. And that just isn't the case. And it, the data backs up that that's not the case, right? All you gotta do is talk to somebody who's on our probation. Talk, yeah, that's right. And, talk and, to me, right? Right. <laughs> talk to the first. Talk sergeant. to me. I, I said, I've never seen that. Right. <laughs> it, it doesn't happen, right? But somehow people believe that they'll do it. They hold on to it. They'll get away with it, and that's just not the case. It's so much better to be honest. Let me inject another theory for you. How much time we got, Jack? We got plenty of time. So let me inject another theory for you. I. I this happens a lot on the enlisted side, right? This is a mentorship for you and the wing, the people listening here. Because one day, you guys are going to be running our Air Force. And then on the enlisted side, growing up, you know, I kind of grew up a little bit back in the day. You know, I've been in over 20 years, so things have changed a little bit. But the basis of it hasn't. And and my story is no different. If, if I wouldn't have gotten in trouble when I did, or if I wouldn't have gotten mentorship when I did, if I wouldn't have, my actions probably wouldn't have changed and I probably wouldn't be in the Air Force. Right. So even if you deny and you get out of it once, the chances are you're not going to change your behavior. I've seen it here. I've seen it here with honor cases where, and we, and we talk to every cadet, by the way, every cadet that goes to an honor hearing or honor probation or any honor board, honor board yep. It goes to the boss. We sit down and, and we have a hearing with them, if you will, or a one-on-one. Yep. And we hear it there, too. When people didn't get caught the first time, they did it again. Then they didn't get caught or they, you know. And I, I hate to use the term getting caught because it's not really about that. They just kept doing wrong. 
until finally someone got them and corrected them and saw it. another cadet, right? right? An AOC, an AMT, somebody saw it and said, hey, wait a minute. And I think if they would have, I think we have to, it's not about getting people in trouble, quote unquote. It's not about um, getting people out of the military or out of the academy, but it's about just stopping the behavior early on and catching it. Because if you don't, what's going to happen over time? They'll keep doing it. They're going to keep doing it. Just like in your thing from when you were an airman. They're going to keep doing it, man. And and, and then it's going to be worse because usually it things get bigger, right? They don't get smaller, right? Incidents happen on a bigger scale. Yep. And so it's like, oh, I did this once and got away with it. So I, I think maybe that myth you're talking about, you know, take, it's people say this in the Air Force all the time. I say, I'm going to take care of my people. I'm going to take care of my, but taking care of people is not turning your head to an infraction. That's actually the opposite. You're not taking care of your people at all. When you notice somebody doing something wrong and you turn your head and don't acknowledge it and you go the other way, you just failed that error. You just failed that cadet because now they're going to continue down what they were doing, right? Because they, you saw it and, and they may even use that as justification. Jack saw me do it and he didn't say Right. And so I think I think that myth is sort of, you know, ties to taking care of people at all costs. And that's not that's not taking care of people at all. Right. You know, and how do we get that across to the cadet wing that that it's not being a wingman? It's not taking care of your people if you look the other way. I'll tell you this, Jack. I think a lot of cadets do the right thing. I think there's a lot of cadets out there. I think that we get CE lessons. I think that, I, you know, I just spent an hour with the first sergeants not long ago and and uh it, it was awesome right and we talk about things like this and i think there's forms for it to where we teach the value system but i think just hearing it once or seeing it on a powerpoint is not going to drive it home um so i think forms like this this radio show you're doing is is, is awesome this podcast because we can get it out there and people can hear it from other people you know I don't know if you have you ever heard of saying, you know, learn from others' mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that's over. That's used a lot, right? My dad told me that growing up. Oh, look at look at other people around you, and don't do what they do when they make a mistake. But that doesn't resonate all the time, right? You you probably seen cadets do something, and then maybe you fell into the trap of doing it later, even though you saw them do it. Because because we're not perfect, right? We can we can look at it, other people. We can we can try to glean from them, but the reality is sometimes hard lessons come at a price. Um, but I think the culture is here. I think we have people like you out here doing podcasts. We have wing commanders, squadron commanders out there that are those are the people that are in charge of the culture. I can sit up here all day and say, "Oh, we should do this at the Cadet Wing." Gerald Moga could say, you know, he's the, he's the head of the, he's the commandant. Right. Right. And, and people will listen, but I think ultimately he, he sets the tone, but the culture starts at the squadron. The culture starts with the cadets, uh, the, 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 the wingmen right there beside each other. And, and, and it goes up, not necessarily always down. I love that, sir. And, and I think if we, if we start, and I think it's there, I, we have a lot of cadets doing the right thing. I see it all the time. I see the, I love it actually when I when I get to read the stories of people doing the good things, but make no mistake about it. There's people out there that are not doing the right thing, and what better opportunity 
than to right here at the academy to to help someone and then when they get out of here they're going to help us so many other, man when even here you're touching people's lives right but when you get out at the active duty world and, and you you become a, a deputy do deputy commander commander you're just going to reach so many people right and your your values and and how you handle situations are going to be so important so I, i'm not sure of what more we can do per se as to getting after the culture other than continuing to talk about it continue to have these podcasts continue to 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 breathe you know the honor code breathe the honor code right uh, and believe it because it's you know it's a it's a real thing and you know i think it was john clark was saying this honor thing is when you're here it's it's awesome right it's a, it's a you can trust the person next to you you can trust the person right of you but it's something that you got to take with you outside of here right not just not just the academy take it with you and and, and live by those principles i mean what, what do you think jack how, how do you foresee the way ahead to to involving cadets more into the honor and, and the culture and, and integrity so how do we change the culture uh, i'd say that uh it all starts, like you said, with the cadets. I mean, if you see something in the squadron, I mean, it starts with your doors being open at the right time. I mean, your uniform's looking good. I mean, it's a common saying, right? You'd rather have your buddy correct you than Joe Moger walking down the terrazzo, right? I mean, and if we can get that stuff right, if we can talk to, you know, our buddies, it's, I mean, it's not cool to wear a, a hat and PC gear or something like that, right? I mean, say, say something if you get the opportunity. We, we could really make a difference here if we just start from the ground level. It's not always easy, though. Yeah. You know, it's not always easy to, to, to correct that person. I, I was in at ALS graduation one time uh, as we wrapped this up. I was in at ALS graduation, and I took my wife, and she rarely goes to these things. And I, I, I hyped it up, and I'm like, oh, man, you're going to walk away inspired. Because we're talking about young airmen who, who are becoming supervisors, and there's always this great guest speaker. So she was excited and we're at, we're eating our food and then the speaker gets up and it's a chief and I'm excited. I've hyped him up like, Hey, here's his bio. Right. Right. We read his bio and for about 30 minutes, he talked about a situation where he was in Iraq. Now, mind you, I spent a lot of time in Iraq and I've been in similar situations and you know, down there, they're downrange and somebody's got a hat on that they're not supposed to have on. It's like a, in their in their PT gears, like unauthorized Air Force hat. And he had an ethical dilemma or a dilemma on should, you can say ethical dilemma, whatever type of dilemma you want to call it, on should he correct this airman? And and it was kind of like 30 minutes of that. And, and we got in the car after the, the graduation and we're on the way home. And I told my wife, she was like, babe, we, that, I'm supposed to be inspired? Right. I mean, you got a, a chief that say he, he says he can't correct the airman. Right. And I was kind of like let down, like all the way home. I'm talking to her about it. I'm like, you know, that's I can't believe that was a message. So it's funny, though, because I was a master when it happened. And over the next like three or four months, I watched people not be able to correct someone on a basic infraction because it was a thing. Just like you just said, it's, mm -hmm. I don't, I see it, but I don't want to do it. And that kind of blew my mind because I was like, well, maybe there's, maybe there is something to do what this chief was saying, right? Man, he was a senior at the time when it happened, but 
we as a as a branch or as airmen, we don't want to correct basic things sometimes. And it's why do you think it's difficult? Why do you, why why do we not want to do that as people? Everybody doesn't want confrontation. I mean, nobody likes to no nobody enjoys making people feel bad, right? And sometimes I think people think that you know I'll hurt I'll hurt his feelings or her feelings, right? And I think people just kind of shy away from it to try to not getting themselves in that situation. Do you think it's a pop, maybe a popularity thing? Oh, is that is that 100%. a is that yeah. a thing at the cadet wing? Yep. Like yeah. if, I, if I if I correct this guy, they're not gonna like me or this girl, and then it's and then you're known as that guy, mm. that that one that you know they'll take their hat off when they walk past you, right? But it'll be back on. They're gonna put me back, right? They go around the corner. Yep. Just back on. Yep. Well, I think the reality was, but if the cadet on the other side of the corner, if there was another cadet on the other side of the corner doing the right thing, eventually that cadet would just leave the hat off. Yep. Right? So I just think we have to be able to be strong enough leaders, right? And, it, and it's funny we can say leaders of character because that's what we always talk about. But that's that's what it is. I mean, if we can't tell you to take a hat off, how are you gonna fly a jet, right? And do the right thing in a problem situation, or how are you gonna run a, a flight of 150 defenders, right? When you can't correct that basic of a task. So I just think it's a skill that we have to be okay and learn. You know, here's a great environment to, to learn that skill and, and to be able to do the right thing and not necessarily worry about the opinion of others. Agreed, sir. Well, to just wrap it up, you got any final words for the cadet wing here? Yeah, I just want to say, first of all, thanks for having me, Jack. I, I, uh, I enjoy sharing knowledge and wisdom that I have over my 20 years. I enjoy uh, being able to talk about, sometimes have the hard conversations, to be able to talk about the hard topics. I think what a excellent opportunity to have a, a podcast where people can dial in and, and say, Hey man, let me just, let me just get some wisdom right here or some inspiration. So I want to thank you for doing it. And thanks for having me here. You know, I know this is a challenge, you know, coming here, being here at the cadet wing, I, I, I didn't do it right. I've got degrees and but I didn't go to the cadet air force Academy. I wasn't a cadet. And I, I, I look back at basic training and it was, it was tough everything about it was tough but it was six weeks you know it was it was it was actually eight weeks and then you know tech school was three or four months five months right but here you guys are here for four years and, and i think i think there's a challenge to that in itself i think there's a challenge in it but i think there's so much greatness that outweighs the negative and the, the negativity and, and i'm excited for you guys i mean every day i tell someone what an opportunity you guys have to be here be at the Air Force Academy to to be able to go through the programs and the academics and, and everything that happens here is just a, a blessing and a, and a achievement in itself. So I just want to say to everybody listening, you know, keep working hard, keep pushing towards the end goal. Don't forget what's, what's at the end. Don't lose sight of what's in front of you, what's to come. I'm excited to watch you guys grow over the next year and even on into the Air Force. So Thanks for having me on the show. Man, I'm around anytime. I'm always down to chop it up with the cadets and talk about whatever we want to talk about. So thanks for having me. Love it, sir. Thanks for your time.